Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is one of the most slept-on exercises with the K-Box, and that is the K-Box Row. This exercise is going to tick a lot of boxes and really make you fight to hold your posture while working on your pulling power. For this, give yourself a little extra slack with the strap, not too much, but just enough to avoid the jarring action at the top. Give the wheel a good spin, sit your hips back, and fight to hold that position. Pinch your shoulder blades down and back, try to drive your elbows behind you, and keep fighting to not let that wheel pull you forward and make you lose your posture as you go through the exercise. This is an absolutely sensational, big bang for your buck exercise that you and your athletes, I'm sure, will love. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat. Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Josh, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Jay, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. First, before we get going too far, man, I, you know, I got to say welcome to the league. I, again, like I, I say this all the time, and I was joking with Vincent about this, kind of joking, kind of not. Like people would think that like, like the A-10 is paying me to hype up the strength coaches that we have here. But, like, man, it's a, it's a great league to be part of. And uh, I'm so happy to have you be, you know, part of the A-10 family and up here with the – be able to, to have a coffee and a laugh at center court here real soon. Oh, for sure, man. I appreciate it. Um, from you, like, guys who were previously in the A-10, things like that, like, I've heard nothing but good things. And when I first got the gig here, you were one of the first ones that reached out to me. So, I mean, it's love on your end, love on my end. Uh, I'm excited to finally get things going here, too. Yeah, man. Well, listen, for the three quarters of a human that doesn't know who Josh Washington is, you know, let them know who you are, where you're at, and how you got up there to Amherst. Okay, cool. I'll try to give you a brief little rundown, but uh, Josh Washington, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I uh, grew up playing basketball. Um, I was athletic, skilled, not so much, <laughs> but uh, pretty much I wanted to be involved in basketball to some capacity, so ended up getting an undergrad in sports management. Senior year, I found out about strength and conditioning, and I'm like, okay, cool, I want to do that. You get to wear shorts and T-shirts to work. You get to live in the weight room. Awesome. But uh, so started uh, from there, interned at UW-Milwaukee, uh, Marquette, both Division I schools in, in my home, uh, home city, hometown. From there, uh, transitioned, moved all the way to California, the Bay Area, interned at Stanford uh, under Corey Schlesinger at the time uh, with men's basketball there. He's now at the Phoenix Suns. And uh, Corey actually like helped like basically like catapult the trajectory of my career 
And he kind of put me on. I always like give him credit for that because he led me to Ramsey Nijem, uh, Sacramento Kings at the time. So I did an internship there, got uh, some NBA professional experience. And then from uh, Sacramento Kings, uh, at the time I was working on an online master's in sports coaching, but I really wanted to get a degree in exercise science. I wanted to understand learning sciences better. I thought that'd be better for me as a coach, be a better service to my athletes. So um, I get in contact with Damon Davis through networking, who's over at Auburn. And uh, me and Damon, like I've never met him in person. Like we wrapped on the phone a couple of times. I actually meet him in person at the Vegas uh, symposium a couple years ago. And then a week later, I'm on a plane going to Auburn. So it was funny how that worked out. But uh, I was at Auburn for two and a half years. Uh, got my master's there in exercise physiology. Uh, great grad assistant program there. Like it was men's basketball only. Like, like you don't hear about those too often. Definitely like needle in a haystack opportunity. But uh, in my mind, I think I took full advantage of it. And uh, ultimately, that got me here at UMass now. So um, UMass, Amherst to be exact, men's basketball. and explain to everyone because COVID went down right pandemic like in my mind I graduated in May got my master's cool by June July I have a full-time gig well COVID shut that all down so like, like the summer like everyone else like I didn't have a job or anything lined up um, thankfully like Auburn was still paying me at the time but uh so it was stressful right and I just made a decision I was like hey I can keep stressing about it or I can just live my life and whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen so I went took a week vacation <laughs> And then it was funny before I took it, I was like, I got a feeling like I'm going to take this vacation and then I'm going to end up getting a job right after. So before I even went on a trip, boom, UMass happened. I accepted week vacation. I come back on a Sunday, that Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm driving up to uh, UMass. So uh, I've been up here since a little over two months now. Um, got a great relationship with the guys, the staff here, but uh, that's where we're at now. That's my journey up until this point. So. Uh, been around for a little bit, but you know how it is. It's a grind and you finally get to this point and I'm happy. I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. But then, you know, it's just work. So you get back to the grind again. You just start from scratch. It's just a different program, different logo, different conference. But at the end of the day, it's barbells, it's dumbbells. You're in a weight room and you train guys. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I think that first of all, something needs to be said. He, he talks like he doesn't have skills, but if you watch this man freaking <laughs> fire a step back, you would be, uh, you'd be shaking your head like I was when he's like, you know, a guy who, who can't hoop a bit. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, obviously, you know, running into Damon last year, great guy, except for the first six minutes of the second half. I don't think he was very nice to us, to be honest, but um if you guys didn't see the game, uh, we were up like two, I think, at half. And then before the under-16 media, we needed to call a timeout. And I looked up and I went, how'd that happen? <laughs> it was, we've all had those games, you know, where it's uh, out of nowhere. But, man, like, what a team that was. I know, you know, good grief. You know, like, COVID took we were lucky to have played two teams that I think could have actually met in the final four in you guys and, and Dayton last yeah. year. I mean, just unbelievable. It's, we can get into all that at another time, but I think that the one thing that, you know, we were rapping about a little bit before we got going here is, you know, this transition and, and some things that you've, you've seen when it comes to the mentality of the players and developing that, that that's really similar across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with that, um, 
as far as like developing players, like we talk, I mean, especially the strength coaches, we do it physically, right? But I think the other end is like the mental aspect of it. And that's what we were talking about earlier. And it's kind of tough because everyone like mentions like mental toughness and like the culture in your program, things of like that. But it's okay, well, how do you build that? Like, how do you go about actually doing it? And I don't have the answers. Like, I always think about it. And I think for me, like, what I do day to day is I try to be open as candid as I can with these guys. Like, I'm up front when I'm like, hey, this is going to be hard. And like, I let them know right away. It goes from throwing the workout on the uh, TV screen and here in the weight room. I let them know what's expected right off the bat. Like, I don't really hit them with surprises or anything like that. I just tell them, like, hey, this is what it's going to be today. And it's going to be tough cool like you understand okay we still have to do it and get through it but the other thing with the uh just like the mental toughness is I don't necessarily how to go about building it but I think if you want to nip it in the bud right away like you start bringing in people that are already mentally tough that, that makes it easier right but then the challenge is what about the people you already have like on your bus so, you know if you're trying to get in the right direction and I think about like when coaches like establish roles like on the team right like Oh, you're going to be a starter. You're going to come off the bench. You're going to contribute and things like that. I think those roles also need to be established elsewhere too, whether it be with the staff or the players and just understand like whatever your team identity is going to be, whatever you want it to be. I think you need to address that on the front end, A, and you need to keep revisiting those things. Don't just talk about it at the beginning of the year and then like you don't talk about it again until the next year. You never evaluate. So it's a... Uh, it's interesting on that end for me on how to go about doing it. And I think for me with like our guys here, I just let them know, like, it's not meant to be easy. Every day we go on, the, we go on the practice court and I'm looking up, I'm like, hey, I don't see any current banners hanging up. Like nobody here has any of those banners. Like, so what are we playing for? Like, it's not going to be, to be easy. Like, if you expect that, please stop. Like, that's not this. And I think about back in my time at Auburn and just like guys I'm around now. And I just always say like, I want dogs in, in the locker room. I want dogs in the weight room. Like don't look for anything to be handed to you. Like when you go take it or when you earn it, nobody can take that away from you. That's yours. Like you go out, you go out, you go hard in the weight room, you go hard on the court, you do win a championship or you do get the raise of banner in the rafters. Like that's permanent. Like they don't take those down. Right. So I think about that. And like, I'm always trying to remind the guys like, yo, it's hard, but like, remember why we're doing it. Like we're not just going through it just for the sake of going and through it. Like we have goals set in place and we have goals in mind that we need to hopefully accomplish. And it starts day in and day out and you can't have any slip ups. And I think for us as coaches, accountability is a big factor in that as far as like help building mental toughness. And you got to nip everything in the butt, like even like the little things, like you got to address it right away. Cause I talk about the sweeping under the rug mentality. And it's like, you keep sweeping enough stuff under the rug, you're going to trip over it. And like, at some point, like I'll think about the little things, like even when we're watching sets and reps and it's like, uh, do I say something or do I let him go? And I'll give him another rep. And if he still doesn't clean up, okay, now I got to say something because we're watching it, right? It's on us to say something about it. That's sets and reps, but that's on everything. Like, you like to study hall, why are you late? You're losing weight. Like, why aren't you eating? Like, little things like that. And I told him, like, yo, I'd rather be annoying. <laughs> I'd rather you, like, man, Coach Josh gets on my nerves. I'm cool with that because, like, that feeling you have about me, is means nothing compared to how you're going to feel if we lose a game. Like, I was like, yo, be mad at me if you want. I'll, I'll take that. I don't lose any sleep at night over that. But, like, I got to hold you accountable because at the end of the day, what's really at stake, like, that's our goal. I mean, like, we got to achieve that. So I think for me, it's 
as far as mental toughness, it's the accountability factor and just staying on top of guys. And if you got to grill them and drill them, I mean, that's what it is. But at some point, like, they'll figure it out or, I mean, hope they might not figure it out. And then whatever that may be, like, that's probably a conversation for another time because that can go different routes. But, yeah, I think uh, that mental toughness thing and just how to go about doing it, that's one that uh, gets me going. And I think if I'm going to make an impact as a coach, it's – might be something along those lines of how to go about doing that. Yeah, man. I think that a lot of that too is kind of scary, right? Mm -hmm. Because having to stand up and be the person that, that kind of steps in front of that bus to, to take the hit, to, to, to get into the guys about what's going on there because we're, for some reason, still looked at as like these uh, enforcers. Is yep. that the word I want? Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, being asked that, and told that you have to have a great relationship with the players, kind of or else, you know, that's a that's an interesting juggling act in and of itself. No, I agree, and it's funny because. Uh... You have your strength coach and then you have like your head basketball coach and like you see other places or just like previous uh, experiences. If your head coach is like a hard ass, does the strength coach like take a different route or vice versa? Like this, if the head coach is like, no, nah, I'm going to be the guy who loves up on our guys. I need our strength coach to be the hard ass. And it's tough because like, like you said, like we're in a situation where, okay, if I'm hard ass, but yet also trying to build a relationship with you the player's going to be looking at me like, yo, like, you two different people, like, and, like, that's that's one thing you don't want to do. Like, if players realize or they assume you're fake, like, you kind of already lost them. So I think for me, and I don't take it lightly, but, like, especially with, like, race and, like, all this other stuff going on in the world, like, I understand, like, most of the guys I'm training, I look just like them. I'm also younger, so I'm a little bit more relatable. So I use that to my advantage in the weight room. So I am hard on them. Like, I don't slack up or anything like that but the same token like I'm also the guy to kind of love up on them too so I realize how I take it in the weight room I'm hard on you I'm on your ass on the court coaches are more likely like on your ass like with the plays and stuff like that so on that side I'll probably go up behind them I'm basically saying the same thing my coach is saying but in a different tone right so um and I think that helps but then another thing with that like you said like as far as uh you got to hold them accountable, but then how do I build these relationships? And I think maybe for the younger listeners out there who guys are trying to break the field and um, definitely like be available. And what I mean by that is like, if you have multiple teams, like if you have time, like get out to practices, try to get lunch with your guys or girls if you can, like don't just be in the way, they need to see you outside the weight room. Cause I would imagine how most of us are like, we have a certain demeanor in the weight room, but outside of here, we probably show a totally different personality or whatever that may be. So I think for me, like, I only have one team. I'm fortunate for that. So I'm in the weight room. I'm at every practice. And then the guys, like, they start grabbing, when are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going on campus. I'll eat with you guys. And I think for that and just being around them, like, I let them pick the, pick the music, little things like that. So I give them things on that end. That, so on the return, like, when I'm asking for something, it's a little bit easier for them to do it. I don't know if it's even hard. I just – these guys have been so great. I say, hey, we're doing this. They say, okay. 
no issues on that end whatsoever. But um, I don't want to lose my train of thought here. But yeah, I mean, that's just where it's been at right now on that end, just trying to find that line or try to distinguish when to be a hard ass or when, you know, okay, hey, let me reel you in a little bit. Let me talk to you. And I think a big thing is part of it, like for me, like I'll have a lot of one-on-one conversations with the guys, letting them get to know me. Cause I think that goes a long way in building that relationship, whether it be the guys here, they know I love, like I'm a little sneakerhead. I love shoes. So we can talk about shoes, talk about music, whatever. But then in the weight room, like, okay, I'm gonna kill you on this waiter. Like I'm gonna grill you. Like if you're not doing what you need to be doing in the weight room, and they understand that and the guys have been great. It's only a couple of them where I have to like get on them. But I think the big thing, and we haven't talked about this yet with the whole culture piece, it's I like competition in the weight room, not necessarily competing against your teammates, but with yourself. But then uh, it's one thing for me to say it, but now if your teammates are calling you out, you can kind of take a step back. It's like, now nah, it's peer to peer. Now, if your peers calling you out, now you got to do it. Like it's not on me anymore, but I think that drives a program and like pays dividends in the long run, just having like that peer to peer competition. And it's not like guys are saying like, Oh, you can't do it. It's more so like I did it. You got to do it. We all did it. Like, what are you doing? So it's a healthy competition. Um, it's not negative in any way. It can get to get to that point, but fortunately here, like I haven't had that situation thus far. I think at that point it is worth its weight in gold. And I think that that's something that, as a lot of these kind of wheels has been turning in the world of sport because of some negative things that have happened with people making bad decisions, mm-hmm. not having kind of those rites of passage that teams have. And it's something that I got away from for a while because of bad things that have happened at other schools that have led to really traumatic things that, you know, people were like, you better pull the plug on all this stuff. But I think that you said a couple things that were really important in there. One is seeing you outside the weight room, whether it's at practice or not, but like being able to eat with the guys is probably when I was one of the two times that I knew we were going to be good Mm -hmm. is like seeing how they are outside of training and practice and like seeing how they got along. And the second is understanding that no one is ever safe around them. excuse me, in a sense of you're going to get your balls busted no matter what. Oh, we're in the weight room? Oh, well, I just did 10 pull-ups with, uh, you know, 25-pound dumbbell between my feet. Oh, you only did eight with your body weight. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that today was uh, the day we are going to let people be soft in the weight room. (laughs) You know, I didn't know that. Hold on. I'll go do another set while you just keep being – like, you know, like – when you can just sit there and laugh at them when they're talking trash back and forth, mm-hmm. that's when you kind of know that like, that they kind of get it, yeah. you know, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I think with that too, like, uh, at least like the environment I always wants to create in the weight room, like I always want it to be in fun. I want it to be enjoyable because we talk about, you know, driving intent and things of that nature. But I feel like if you don't want to do it, like, your intent is only going to be so far. Whereas if you enjoy, you're having fun, like now your intent has much more potential. Excuse me. So with that, um, it goes down to like, I let guys pick the music in the weight room. Like I'm not working out. I, can, I don't care. Um, so I let them pick the music. Um, 
I give them some type of freedom as far as like the exercises, like we do like a curl to press, for example, do we rotate the handles or how do you want us to curl it? You pick, it don't really matter to me. I let, I let the guys pick things like that. But the big thing is that when they, when I first got here, I told them, I said, Hey, this is our program. I might write up the training and things like that. Sure. But like, this is our pro and this is our weight room. Like I need y'all to take ownership. So it goes down from, you know, with COVID measures and like wiping down like barbells and plates and things like that to, okay, what we got on the lift? Okay. And the guys are looking at like their lift cars. They're writing everything down. They're looking at their teammates' lift cards. And that whole, just that camaraderie right there, that competing right there, like it's great. Um, I like pushing the guys. I love it even more when they push each other. But like you said, when you see them outside the weight room and see how they are, and I notice like I got guys like, one player specifically, he FaceTimes me every time he eats. Cause I've been, I've been like, yo, I need you to get your weight up. He has a nice solid frame. He could put some mass on, but I'm on him about eating. So he FaceTimed me at least twice a day. Um, and I always like, whatever I'm doing, I do drop it. I'm like, okay, fine. Cause I know why he's calling. Like I want to be an available, right? I'm, okay, cool. Hey, where you got? He was like, you see what I'm eating? Now he shows me everything. So it's uh, I always give the guys like that um, sandwich approach. So I'll give you a pat on the back at first. I'll probably grill you like, okay, what'd you get the drink? Cause I know you got like soda. You probably shouldn't have soda. And he laughs and then I'll go back, but Hey, it's good. I'm glad you're eating like a real meal right now. This is how grown men eat. And then I, you know what I'm saying? So you give them that sandwich approach and then let them go from there. I do the same thing in the weight room too, but um, no, it's, it's fun watching guys. Cause right there young and they're still growing. And I think that's the best part is when you see a guy develop, not just physically, in my mind, like the physical thing will happen with consistency and training, but like the mental change, when you see guys really like grow up and like, okay, hey, I see a guy like younger, right? Doesn't really like the weight room, probably still doesn't, but he understands the importance of it. And like his whole mindset, he comes into the weight room, like I'm here to work. I might not like it, but I know what it's gonna do for me on the basketball court. And those are great to see, I mean, it's, it's really great when a guy loves the weight room. I, okay, at that point, like, you can't get him to leave. But for the guys that don't love the weight room, seeing that transition from, I don't like the weight room, I don't want to be here, to, okay, like, it is what it is, but this is important, I need this, right? So, and then go from there. And I think a big part for me is trying to relate what we're doing in the weight room to the court. Because I think that helps, especially for the guys who don't want to be here. And it's like, well, at least you have some understanding to it, some context it might get be the reason why you flip the switch. I don't know, but um, no, I, mean, I think that might be my favorite thing. Not so much the physical stuff, but seeing them change mentally and growing up and developing and maturing from that end. It's probably the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. And I think too, that, you know, again, going back, you say you don't have talent in the freaking mm-hmm. game, but like when they can turn on and see like all of a sudden he's taking a freaking behind the back step back and it's like schwap or like, you know, a hezzy into a freaking right-hand cradle dunk. And it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, unfortunately, believe it or not, a five-foot-nine, 41-year-old doesn't quite have the skill set to be able to do that and broadcast it onto the internet. But I bet that helps. No, it definitely helps. And, like, Jay, like, I don't want to uh, – for listeners who are listening, like, I played Division three basketball. Like, I was – I was okay. Like, I, I think I'm better now than I was back then. And uh, so the guys here, like, I joke all the time, like, like, yo, like, it's sad that you probably, you guys probably the only team whose strength coach should probably give y'all buckets. And they hate when I, I talk so much trash to them, but 
honestly, like, because it stems from the weight room and I see him on the court. And for me, like, I enjoy basketball. I grew up playing, right? So I use that to my advantage. And I tell him, like, yo, there's no real, like, if you're really serious about this, there's no off day. Like, you get, like if you play basketball and you enjoy it, you get shots up. So, like, there is no off day. So, for me, I come in on off days, I get shots up. So, when I do post the things like that, it's honestly, it's more so for them than not. Because they see it, I'm like, yo, your strength coach in the gym more than you? Like, how am I racking up more shots than you are? And uh, they always say, oh, you can't guard me. I was like, eh, I was like, I don't know about that. But, like, we go back and forth. It's fun. Um, for me, like, I just honestly, like, I'll probably take moves I see on the NBA and I just try to mimic them, like, I don't like running on the treadmill or anything like that. So me getting on the court, that's like my form of cardio. But uh, when the guys do see me out there, they do see me doing some stuff. I just use it as like ammo. And it's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, how am I on the court more than you? And like the guys know, and just from teams I've been all around in the past and the successful teams and things like that, I realized like there's a common theme, like guys who played really well, like when it mattered, they were in the gym. You couldn't get them out. Like gym rats are like, if you're a gym rat, that's a solid. And for me, like guys, like they're missing shots in practice, shots they expect to make. I just say, Hey, I was like, when you're in the gym, everything's a layup. That's like my coin that I'm trying to like phrase now and just keep using it. Cause in my mind, when you shoot enough in the gym, like when you get to practice, like those shots are automatic. You don't hesitate. You just shoot. So a big thing for me, like outside of the weight rooms, I just try to push them. Hey, get on the court, get on the court. <clears throat> and if they see me on Instagram and I post it, and I'm sending stuff to them too. I'm like, hey, I'm in the gym. Where, where you guys at? And like, they comment, they trash talk back, but they know it's coming from a loving place. Because at the end of the day, like, we all want to succeed, right? But I let them know it's like, hey, you can't. Don't expect to make shots just because you're on the court. Like, it don't work like that. Like, I'm on the court too. Like, but if I'm not, if I'm not practicing, like, what do you expect to happen? Like, you practice what you preach, or no, that's not what I meant to say. You practice to be perfect, or you practice to be permanent, right? So the things like that, like we do stuff in the weight room, we get stronger. Okay, cool. We keep improving. You got to do it on the court. Just because you shot one day, cool. You got to do it again. Like, it doesn't just stay with you like that. Um, but guys are getting there to that point. It's just, like I said before, it's from watching them grow. And then the fact that I used to play basketball, like I still do, I'll use that to my advantage. If anything, to try to make it like a little bit of incentive to get guys to come to the gym. Yeah, and I think that that's a unique perspective that a lot of basketball people have, that it's like, you know, what we do is fun and what we get to do is important and what we get to do can help. But, like, if you aren't in the gym, for some reason, like, basketball just seems to be unique like that. Like, if you're not in the gym, like, that skill, like, it does kind of evaporate. So... I think a lot of us actually try to set these workouts and these extra things and all that stuff that we do with them around them being able to do that. And I think that that's kind of cool and it's, but it's unique to this little subculture in basketball. Yeah. And like with that too, and like uh, from the guys who are listening that have been involved around basketball, they know like for basketball players, like for them, like the guys who want to get in the gym, it always has to be late at night for whatever reason why I don't know. It has to be at night. And I tell them, like, first of all, like, that's, if you want to do that, okay, fine. But I always tell them, like, we live in a society now where, like, we need instant validation. So coaches, like, we don't fall guilty of that either. So the player says, oh, coach, I was in at night getting shots up. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I was at home with my family or my kids. 
I didn't see you getting shots up. So in my mind, it didn't happen. And I told the players that, and it's like, hey, like, you try to get shots up during the day. A, like, one, like, coach sees that. A, so get shots up on that end. But then B, like, that shouldn't always be a habit. Like, at night, you should be trying to go to bed or get ready to wrap things up and get prepared for the next day. Um, so with COVID and things like that, like, guys' access to the gym has changed. And for me, like, trying to be available, like, I've told coach, I said, hey, if, like, guys want to get shots up, like, I'm making myself available. Like, I know it's important. Like, you guys want to shoot, cool. I'll open the gym up. Let's make it happen. Things like that. Um, what else was I going to say with that? Just, uh, I don't know why. Like, they always want to shoot at night. And it's like, oh, the other thing was, it's not so much the duration or, like, the quantity of time you spend in the gym, but the quality. And I think a lot of guys miss that. Oh, I got up a 1,000 shots. Okay, cool. How many of those were game reps? Because anybody can catch and just, you know, shoot lazy. I'm like, yo, you shoot like that in the game. Like, what's going to happen? A, you probably won't get your shot off because <laughs> guys probably going to close out but on you too fast. But then B, like, you probably going to end up rushing your shot. Like, and I think uh, it happened like we were with the Kings at the time. And Ramsey Nigel made a good point. He's like, he pulled one guy. And he's like, yo, you shoot this, like, wing three. You probably get, like, four attempts a game. Instead of shooting like 500,000 reps of like just garbage shots, why don't you concentrate on that shot and shoot 250 of them, right? And you drill 200, you like, you're smoking, like say you hit like half of those out of that 250. All I'm asking you to do is hit four of those in a game, but you've got all the practice on the front end, like that's a piece of cake, that's easy for you. So I can't remember where I got the book from, but the, uh, the term was uh, deliberate practice. And like, that's a big thing for me and trying to relate to the guys and like I just say hey when you shoot it's got to be game speed and like that's I mean, deliberate practice and you go into practice like you have a goal in mind that's like we go to practice coach has a practice schedule already typed up that's deliberate practice we have a plan this is what we're going to do don't just go in the gym what are you gonna do I'm gonna get shots up okay what kind of shots uh, and then they start they don't know where to go from there. it's like yo write it up ahead of time or like at least have a thought process to it beforehand so if you're going to shoot what are you going to work on no, I'm going to work on shooting threes. Okay, cool. What threes do you shoot based on our offensive scheme? Maybe you should shoot in those spots and don't just shoot quarter threes. When in reality, you're probably going to get shots from the wing. Like, that's deliberate practice. And guys need to understand that because it's cool if you want to work on your game and things like that. But also be realistic because if in coach's offense, you guys don't – you I mean, you don't get the dribble, dribble, dribble and go to the basket. Maybe you shouldn't be practicing that. Maybe you should just practice on catch and rip and shoot catch and rip pull up or like think about and I don't know where I got this from but like for guys or anybody who's listening if you're trying to relate this to your players look at your offense and have that guy pick out okay where are you more likely to score it work on stuff stuff in those spots and work on scoring from those positions period like you'll see a difference change than you just oh, I'm a jack up 103 is in each spot around the perimeter. I'm like, you might not shoot those shots all the time. Like, why waste your time? So deliberate practice is huge on that end as far as guys is trying to, like, map out, like, their training or, like, when they get on the court and things like that. I think it just pays dividends. But, uh, yeah, deliberate practice for sure. That would be a big thing I think guys should work on moving forward. Yeah, and I think that that ties into something that I've, you know, talk with our guys about a lot. I think it's really what you're kind of kind of getting at there. And that is just the role of routine mm -hmm. and how routine is so important with these young people and understanding that like 
you need to get into these types of routines so that you can start to progress and start to push yourself more to be more involved. Is that the word I'm looking for? Or yeah. more like engulfed in the situation because even going back to like your guy that's eating, right? Like a lot of these kids for some reason aren't used to eating three meals a day. I don't understand it. If I don't eat three meals a day, I'm one angry SOB. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, I don't like being around me. I couldn't imagine being one of them and having to deal with me. But like, I got one kid who like, man, if he has like three mini muffins before practice, and even if we practice at four, like he's good. I'm like, I, I, I probably like look like a lizard at this point. Like I'd look like Godzilla. I'd be losing my mind all over the place if that's all I like. I don't know. So when they start to learn these things and they, like you were talking about before, they grow and they build and they start to get into these other aspects where they understand, even if it's as simple as, like, what was it like the, the Kobe thing, right? Like he never left a practice without making 10 free throws or whatever that was. Yeah. Or maybe it was Steph. I don't know. It was one of the people who scored a lot of points in the NBA. Like something that simple, that routine, like you said earlier, it makes every shot feel like a layup. Like that, and I remember uh, this was a while back. I seen Dirk uh, Levinsky. He was shooting. Uh, you know, when guys shoot like elbow to elbow, they shoot one spot, they go to the elbow and shoot. He was doing that drill, but the first team, fifteen minutes of the drill, he was walking his steps instead of running. Literally walking. That was fifteen minutes. Next fifteen minutes, now he's jogging, doing the same thing. Now he's just picked up the pace, and then the last fifteen minutes, now he's going full speed. But if you're watching, I was like, his shot mechanics never changed. The amount of steps he took never changed. He just ramped up the speed to where he was in rhythm and just went like that. And I try to explain that to, like, guys here. And it's like, not everyone. Like, sometimes we get in a conversation and I'll explain it. But, like, it's the same thing when you're mapping out, like, your training or anything like that. It's start small, maybe, or start here, build on it, and then get to a point where it's automatic, right? It's just second nature. So we talk about like consistency with training in the weight room, like your on court habits need to be the exact same, right? Like you need to be consistent. You need to have a routine, whatever that may be. Like guys have a a free throw shooting routine, right? Like why didn't, that should be the same with everything. Just have your routine. Like whether it be free throws or shooting threes or shooting mid range jumpers, even though (laughs) the game is kind of getting away from that now, but like just have a routine or whatever that may be. You can always build on it. You can always edit it, but you can't edit a non-existent routine like you need something you can't because if you go in and shoot like we we're talking before you're just throwing stuff on the wall to see if it sticks like no like have something written down or have a thought process about it first and then be able to build from there that's how you fine-tune things but um another thing with that uh what was I gonna say about that Damon uh Davis he's a men's basketball strength coach at Auburn and we talk about like the motor learning you know building those skills and I love that he did this with his son. Uh, his son was in middle school at the time. You know, younger kids, like, they don't, they don't have the strength to shoot threes. So they develop poor mechanics shooting, right? They low from the hip. They, like, slingshot the ball up to the hoop. And then you see that carry over to when they get older, they just have a terrible shot. And with him, he said, you're not shooting threes. Like, he, he, he yells at him, like, don't shoot threes. And, like, at the time, like, I don't think his son liked it. <laughs> and if it was me, I probably wouldn't either. But I'm like, yo... 
that helps you out so much more now because now that he gets older, now he can shoot. The, now he has the strength. He's, he was training them too, but now he has the strength to shoot those threes. He already has the mechanics. So he's one of the better kids I've seen playing. It's like a lot of them like, yo, because your shot is just so much more consistent because you improve the, like those habits are ingrained now. You're not loading from the hip. Like you're actually shooting your shot pocket and you get good lift on your shot. So I think about stuff like that and I don't have kids now or like if I were training like younger kids or things like that, I'm like, okay, that's definitely something I'm going to do. Like, no, we're going to baby step you. The threes will be there. And like Steph Curry and like the way the guys are changing the game now, like it definitely didn't, it made it harder for like coaches and parents to try to get their kids to maybe shoot inside the three point line to develop those better habits. But I mean, I'll take the same approach Damon did. It's like, hey, I'd rather you, my kid be mad at me, but like, we, you going, if you want to shoot or you want to play basketball, you need better habits. So that's, uh, I always think about that because it was interesting to me. No doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah. Well, listen, Josh, this is absolutely killer stuff, man. But where can people follow you, find out more what you're doing? Check out that sidestep, you know, that, that James Harden, like, jab step three that you got too, man. Like, it's. Oh, for sure. So that, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. That's probably the biggest spot. Uh, Instagram, Strength Coach JW. Um, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, the guys here give me a hard time about it. It's just, I'm kind of stuck in between like old school and new school. So if I pick one social media, Instagram seems to be the best route for me. So you can follow me there. Uh, my email, it's on our school's website, but it's jwashington at umass.edu. Uh, the best way to contact me is through Instagram. Uh, if you guys that do have it, you know, it says like requests. So sometimes I forget to click, but I will respond. I always respond, but uh, that's the best route to reach me on there. Love it, man. Josh, great to see you, man. Again, welcome to the league. All so right. fired up to have you, man. And, and it's been great catching up. And I look forward to having a coffee at midcourt here real soon. And, uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for your time today. Jay, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, my last little tidbit, too, because uh, guys like the trash talking, too, and they see me post my stuff. So when COVID resides or whatever it is like that and gyms open back up, you can drop your location and we can schedule a time to play ball, too, because I'm cool with the chatter, but, like, I'm going to need you guys to back it up, too, for the guys who are sliding my DMs with the trash talking. I welcome it, but uh, just know it's going to be a point in time and place when we got to play. Listen, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm more than happy to, to open the gym and let y'all in our facility if you want to hoop. But, like, man, I, hey, listen, I know I'm 41. I know my boundaries. And my boundaries – are where the blue line goes all the way around. Other than when it's just time to warm people up or stretch them. Other than that, I'll take my fat ass and sit at the end of the bench. But I appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll be in touch real soon. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Cheers.